Ooh, Sorry. Creaky chair. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Shadburn <laughs> Show. I'm back with the wife. And uh, this episode, I just wanted to talk about something uh, a little bit. Do you need to get situated? <laughs> what are you doing? This chair Why don't you is get so situated? Loud. Okay, whatever. All right. So I didn't tell Laura what the topic was. I kind of have a few topics, but this was just something I was thinking about today. And I wanted you to also be able to comment on this if you want. But I have certain philosophies in life that I think about often. And it's just come up from my upbringing and uh, experience and even just kind of what I've accumulated from other people over time. But to me... um, Oh gosh, what are you going to say? Okay, well, I'll expand upon it for a little bit, and then you can add in on it, because I th- I feel like you'll feel the same way. Okay, I have no idea what you're about to say. Okay, so I think about family often, and I think about career and, you know, what, what do I want to make my life about? What do I want the purpose of my life to be? And I've thought about all the things that I've I've ever wanted to accomplish. And sometimes I think about doing jujitsu or um, doing like a marathon or something really cool or even becoming really successful at this podcast. But another thing crossed my mind today, and it's something that I definitely have the opportunity to do, but I have to remind myself that it's the most important thing. My personal philosophy on life is the very best thing that you can do as an individual is be a good husband and a good father. And that's if you're a man. And obviously if you're a woman, the very best thing in life that you can do is be a good wife and a good mother. And I believe this This is your philosophy. Yeah, this is my philosophy. So this is like point one of what you're saying. Pretty much. But this is, I agree with this to the extent that it trumps literally anything else that you do in life. And for the reason being is from what I've observed in my community and from what I've experienced around the world, nothing creates more brokenness than a bad uh, experience with family. Wouldn't you agree? And yes, like, but I'm already I'm already thinking of listeners that aren't married or don't have kids. Well, so I would say this to people who are single, who don't have a family of their own, that this is this is a philosophy you are that you ought to take to heart. Well, what if they never get married, and what if they can never have kids? That's what I'm thinking. Well, that's another subject entirely. I mean, obviously, I would say it's one of a few philosophies that I believe are important. Gotcha. But this is where if For a certain demographic. If you've been blessed with a family and if you've if you've been blessed with a wife, a, a spouse, yeah. and you've been blessed with children, it immediately trumps almost everything that you do in life. And it's like if you don't get it right, then it doesn't matter how successful you were in mm-hmm. anything else that you did. You could have been an athlete, a doctor, a CEO, you could have been anything. Well what about Sorry, I'm just Mrs. Challenge. Yeah, poke at this as much as you want. Yeah. Um, So what about like being a Christ follower? Wouldn't a Christ follower do these things? Yeah, they would really. These are like one of the most important values within Christianity and within like your journey with Jesus. But um, 
I mean, imagine being a Christ follower. I guess, follower. like, you're saying this all encompasses being the best Christ follower you can be is, yeah. like, these two things fall in line, like, right away. Well, for one, if you're a Christ follower, I can't imagine a, being a father and a husband, like, making that sit on the back burner yeah like that's that wouldn't be right yeah but you see it though mm -hmm. that's the that's the issue that i'm bringing up is i i don't know if our culture has somehow just forgotten about this but whenever i talk to people i've i've worked in several restaurants throughout my life and i've i've worked with a lot of people that aren't christians and even have um uh, I don't know what the word is right now, but Keep a lot talking, of I'm researching something. Yeah, but they have a lot of uh, animosity. That's the word animosity towards Christianity. And 90 percent of the time when they do that, I know for a fact and I've learned that it's from bad family experiences. Yeah, that their families are uh, what they would call really religious and avid churchgoers. And they're like, yeah, I don't believe in Christianity at all. I don't know why anybody would. And I would dig further and I'd realize that they had a, they had a terrible family experience. I mean, maybe their parents, like their, their dad wasn't a husband to his wife and a father to them, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, what if we honestly fix that? What if we made that a point in, in our culture to, to say, Hey guys, remember, um, yeah, come to church and obey the Lord, obviously. But, you know, one of your one of your responsibilities on this planet while you're here is being a good husband and being a good father. And I, I it it really doesn't matter what you do, like for money or career or what you accomplish outside of that cuz if you break your family, then you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I would go as far as to say you were wrong. You chose your career over your family. You, your family became broken and that's, that was the wrong thing to do. You know what I'm thinking of though? That would be a good like debate topic, which I'm interested to see what you would say about mm -hmm. this because a lot of Christians believe differently. So, um, I've known like through the grapevine, like I haven't known people that have done this personally, but I've heard like people that I know have told me about people that have done this, that they know. Mm -hmm. So they're married, they have kids and then they feel called to go to some other country or some other like geographic region that's completely different, but yeah. they're called to leave their family. And so they leave, they're like wife and kids and then they go and do missions like either somewhere else far away in the country or like a different country. So what hmm. do you think about that? Because God does say like, go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. But the, what's the verse that's like, um, leave your fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, wives, husbands, mm -hmm. children. If you do not leave them for my name, for my name's sake, then you know what? I'm just going to find that verse and you go ahead. Go and... ahead and find that exact verse and then also get the chapter surrounding it because contextual scripture is important yes. for one. But for what I would initially say right off the bat is there are nuanced situations to that point of view already. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about a short-term mission trip? 
where it's a week, two weeks, or even a month? Or are we talking about a long-term mission trip where it's a year or a few years or just mm. all together? If, like, I, uh... I found it, by the way. Um... Okay, I had somebody on the podcast. I've had several people on the podcast that are uh, missionaries that have either they either do mission work on their own or they have it with their families. But the ones that I know that do it on their own, they'll go for periods at a time and then they'll come back and, and their their situation is good. That. Yeah, but but are you saying I'm like, hey, I'm going to divorce my wife? No. They don't divorce. They just leave. And sometimes it's like unclear when they'll come back because the Lord hasn't like disclosed that yet. So sometimes do they have the option to come back or is it like, like Hey, they kind of go back and forth. Like the, the personal story that I've heard is they've left to go to a completely different state, like on the other side of the country. And they're there for like seasons. So like the whole summer season or, but then they come home for like very little, amount of time and then they go back so it's pretty much like they've committed their life to missions apart from their family and they're they're committing 80 to 90 percent of their time doing other things besides being with their family and i don't know what that all entails like on its face i wouldn't agree with that i mean i know that people are called to certain places right yeah i do believe that there are things that that trump certain things and for one if that person's under the belief that oh i can only witness to these people on the other side of the country i'm like dude if you're not if you're not witnessing to the people in your own backyard or your own neighbor i got news for you there's the harvest is everywhere so you can't you can't tell me that like you could even go one city over Mm -hmm. and do it there Mm -hmm. and you could be home for dinner so uh you know but That's then again, all I'm saying. God does call people to go really far sometimes. But I believe your family. I don't would. know about that specific story. Like I don't know all the details and right. stuff. Right. But here's so it's Matthew nineteen twenty nine, and here's the New International Version. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. And I was just reminded. I think like. If not one of Jesus's disciples, like I know it was at least one was mm-hmm. married. Yeah. So that's interesting to think about, like all the travels that they went on while that one disciple was married. Read that one more time. Okay. Um, this is just verse 29. I know you asked for context. So yeah, but just read that. Just read that verse real quick. Okay. Can't see past this freaking microphone is so big (laughs) and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life so it says wives and children yeah Hmm. i would want i would want contextualized Mm -hmm. maybe that's a good study point like we can book note that Mm -hmm. bookmark that and like come back at a later show and be like, here's actually what we concluded about yeah. this verse. But well, I, I will. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before you go on. So oh. there's this girl that. So we have said this probably. I've said this probably a thousand times on this podcast that I love Jeff and Elizabeth Key. <laughs> like you and I, I both I do. I love Jeff. I lo- Jeff lives my life. Yeah. 
Jeff, if I see you, I'm going to give you a big old bear hug. I'm going to give you a hug, but then I'm going to tell you I'm completely jealous of everything that you do. Hire me. Do it. Whatever I have to do. I I will will just pick avocados off your tree. I will leave my wife. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And child. And child. No, the the child's coming with me. You know, I've never said this before, but I am called to Hawaii. (laughs) I'm called to Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so Alyssa wrote this book called Satisfied, and that's Jeff's wife. Blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Okay. So she had this girl on her podcast in her Satisfied series. So she kind of did like this kickoff for her book by interviewing a bunch of women that are inspiring and like extremely satisfied in the Lord in whatever season of life they're in. So there's this amazing girl that I just, once I listened to her talk on Alyssa's podcast, I have just not forgotten her because I'm like, wow, she's amazing. Do you have her name? Yes, it is Emily McCormick. And her husband is a, they're both church planners. She has five kids. She homeschools them. Obviously, Jesus over everything is like her motto, Mm -hmm. but in her, yeah, she said homeschooling my tribe. And so she has like, I'm on her Instagram right now. It's Emily McCormick, E-M-I-L-I-E-M-C-C-O-R-M-A-C-K. And she has a podcast. It's in her bio. Um, They, she's co-founder of Reach Church. So that's also an Instagram link in her bio. But anyways, um, so I'm assuming her husband's the other founder of it. But I remember her saying that she does not want her children to get her sloppy seconds. She doesn't want to lose all of her energy serving the church and doing all this Mm -hmm. volunteer stuff and like just church stuff, like ministry stuff. She doesn't want that to have all of her priority like she wants her family to have it first because she said i don't want my kids one day to hear about me from like all my church friends and them say gosh she did this she was really good at this and all my kids be like wow i never knew my mom in that way i wish that i would have she wants her kids to have her first like she wants them to have priority. She wants to give them all her energy. That's her first ministry, she yeah. says. So obviously her church, she founded a church, like she planted a church. Obviously that's very important, but she doesn't ever want her kids to feel like they come second and they get like the last slice of the pie yeah. where she's just completely depleted at the end of the day and doesn't have anything to give them. She wants them like her husband and her children to have her first and her best. And I love that philosophy because I I can't even describe why I love that so much, but it feels right to me. I just, and I I know I shouldn't make a judgment by like, it feels right, but it just does. Like, I'm like, yeah. Well, it makes total sense because it's your immediate, I mean, that's who you wake up next to. That's who you share a home with. Yeah. I mean, that's, you, you only have so much responsibility your to your congregation. Disciples. Those are your yeah. That's your inner circle. That's who you're discipling the most because they live in your household. They see everything. Yeah. So it's really like it makes perfect sense. And I heard Melissa Helser say the same thing, which is like another role model of mine that I talked about in our last podcast. Mm-hmm. She said one time she was praying for this lady 
and they were at this like ministry event. It was possibly a teaching that Melissa and Jonathan were doing together. And one of her kids came up and like Melissa had talked to them before about like how to approach her when she's in the middle of a prayer mm-hmm. because she gives them priority. She's like, listen, you come first in my life. Even if I'm praying for someone, even if I'm teaching, even if I'm doing ministry, you come first, but here's how you approach me during that. Tap me on the shoulder and you say what you need. Like I forget her exact parameters with that but basically instead of just rudely barging in like i need you right now she taught her kids to approach her in a way that says like i need you mm-hmm. and like she kind of gave them like different levels of urgency <laughs> but one time her daughter haven came up to her while she was praying for this lady and the lady turned to her daughter and was like not right now honey we're praying blah 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 and melissa explained she almost was like excuse me like no sorry you come second my daughter comes first like that's the way i always want it to be like with work i don't want i don't want my i don't want you or our children to ever like need me for something and i'd be like hey stop i'm working yeah i would rather say to like my work be like hey hold on my family needs me yeah and that's why i mean it may not always be super convenient, but I do make it a point to always answer the phone whenever you call, mm-hmm. like at work or something. Yeah. And Which I make I... it work as much as I can, unless I'm in the middle of literally talking, I get back to you as soon as I can. But I sometimes I call you though for stupid reasons, which I need to just, you'll tell me about how I'll you I'll be like, Hey, I just really need to tell you about you my realize dream. You put your sweatshirt on backwards. Or... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I, but, I really will. I'll just be like, I have to tell you about my dream that I had last night or like. And I'll just be so... like stressed over like <laughs> all the like stuff that's in the warehouse. And I'm like, mm, yeah, tell me your dream. Whatever <laughs> you care. I do. No, it. I don't ever want you guys to ever be afraid mm. to interrupt me for that because it's like you're the number one thing. Yeah. And it's... if nothing else, it's why I work where I work, I work for you guys. So mm-hmm. if I'm like, you're getting in the way, you are the thing and that, we're that the I'm team. doing. Like we yeah. are the team and we all have our unique roles, but we are the ones that like are actually working together. So it's mm-hmm. not like, okay, you go do your thing. I go do my thing. And then at the end of the day, we eat food and then just like go to sleep and then disperse again the next day. Yeah. We're not people with separate lives that share a bed. Yes. We share a life. Yeah. Yeah. And cadence is very much part of it. And I was actually holding her today and just had a couple thoughts cross my mind. Like as I was holding her, I always think about like, there's purpose in like her being born first. Like Mm -hmm. I always think about that. Like I really do think that there's a reason she's first in line and I'm not saying I'm pregnant. This is not a pregnancy announcement. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like, you and I both want to have kids later. So she's first. And I was just holding her today. Like she's a little baby, like Mm -hmm. she's six months old, but she's so big in my heart. I feel like she's a big kid. Like, I just feel like we're already like partners in crime. And I'm like, I think that she's really going to be a super soldier in our family with Mm. you and I, like, I really feel like she's just going to be like a partner in crime, not really crime, but like, just for a lack of a better phrase, like she's really 
gonna you're just like, like a partner in ministry. Yeah, you know? like she's gonna lead the charge, and I, I just I don't know what all her unique giftings and traits will be just yet, but like she has already this like calling on her life, even as a little baby, that God is growing her into and maturing her into. And it's actually really cool just to think like one day she, depending on how many kids we have, she's going to be like teaching them things and leading them. And like, I'll be curious to see what she brings out of us. Yeah. You know, I really think like, as I was holding her today, I just really was like, you're going to be like just a partner to me. Like you're really gonna, and not in a selfish way that I need that. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we already have this, like, we're really in this together. And I feel like that's going to carry out until she's really old. That we're just, of course, we'll go through all the things that mother-daughters go through. Um, but, like, I do think that we're going to just really, like, I I can't really, like, put words to it. But, um... I don't know. Do you kind of know what I'm trying to say? Do you think you guys will butt heads ever? Probably. I think, in all honesty, you and Cadence will probably fight more than me and her will. Why is that? I don't know. I'm just chill. Do they say... I'm just chill like that. Honestly, I'm not like... um, Well, it's... it's, I'm not surprised to hear that. Well, imagine, you know, whose job is it to teach her how to be a woman? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I could try. You can't. But I'm not going to do it as well as you. Yeah. So you're going to be, you know, you'll be the the leading voice on, you know, isn't it like being a woman? The more this is probably just like a myth, probably, but like the parent that you're most alike, you argue with the most. Like the, I've heard that that like. Whoever you most, like, resemble, mm-hmm. you butt heads with the most. Hmm. Or is know. it the opposite? I re- Well, I don't know. I, I've i had equal conflict with both of my parents, but in different <laughs> stages of my life. Yeah. Like, literally growing up as a kid, me and dad fought often. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I got older, me and mom had conflict. And... It was all for different things. It yeah. wasn't a personality thing. It was situational and it had nothing to do. Like, I don't even think it had anything to do with Enneagram. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think it was like a natural chemical reaction. I think it was just simply. Two disagreements or a disagreement on like what to do in a, a situation. Phases of life almost. Yeah. Gotcha. But I just think, I mean, I can see more conflict and contention and friction coming from the person who is going to be the leading voice in their life. I imagine if we have sons that when they do something I that is wrong. I love how you had plural, not a son, just if we have sons, if we have, son, if we have like five or so If we have five sons, sons that are all strong and handsome <laughs> and intelligent, no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, I can only imagine disciplining Cadence so much and still being soft about it. But with a boy, I know exactly what I'd do and I know exactly what I'd be calling out of him. 
Mm. And it would be like, no, I know what, I know what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know what you're thinking. I know how you feel and I know what to bring out of you. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is, this is how you walk through this. Mm. Yeah. But with, with our daughter, there are some things, you know, and it, it could be, I mean, the farthest I'm going to go and the most foundational I'm going to get is biblical. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be like, well, here's what scripture says. Well, here's what the Lord wants. Here's, here's how you. And you also, sometimes you can't say those things. You have to show them. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's like, you're going to, you'll be looking at that situation. You'll be like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. And you'll be like, no, no, no. I'll be much more reluctant to like release that to you. Cause I don't understand the like father son relationship at all, <laughs> but I do think, yeah, like I would not be surprised if Cadence and I really hit some bumps in the road mm-hmm. because I mean, my mom and I did and they weren't exactly handled in the best way. So I can just see me not knowing what the heck to do about certain things. And like, I'm not saying that my mom and I's relationship completely translates to now because it doesn't. I'm a new creation, but there are going to be things just because it's a new leadership role that I'm going to be like, uh, how do I discipline and give grace or like, what does she even need? Like, what is she, she might not know what she needs and like, I can't figure it out. So it's like, we're just at a loss for like, okay what's going on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But we have plenty of time and I'm just going to enjoy her as a baby right now. Seriously. And dressing her and putting bows in her hair <laughs> and just having so much fun. So it is, it makes me a little jealous, but it's so obvious to see like how much of a comfort zone you are for her <laughs> compared to me. She like starts crying and then she looks over at you and she's like, why is this idiot holding me? <laughs> She's like, come get me. You know what to do. I don't need to try anything new right now. Well, I don't sometimes need this. It's like she knows what she wants in her head. And it's like one of three things. It's yeah. like, I need to nurse. I need to sleep. Or I, I don't want to play right now. And like you play with her a lot. And yeah. sometimes she's like, this is not. I don't know what I want, but this isn't it. And you're yeah. like, let's just play. Like you can feel better. And that makes her more mad because yeah. she's like, I don't want to play right now. Yeah. But she, you are, you comfort her for sure. But like, I am her source of a lot. You've been her source <laughs> right of now. life from day one. Yeah. I mean, and that's honestly, just the truth. Like, it makes me sad because I do want, I don't want you to feel that way. That makes me sad. I'm not offended in the least bit. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm literally not well, jealous. It just, you just said Well, it. I am jealous, but it's like, I'm not offended. I'm like, oh, well, I do stuff. Like, yeah. I, I know what this is. I know what okay. it is. It just, I, I hope you don't get too, like, I don't think I could expect, I don't think I could expect a baby to have the emotional quotient of understanding (laughs) that, Hey, I love you too. You know? Yeah. She's just like, I'm comfortable or I'm not comfortable. I just need what I need right now. Right. That's what she thinks. But I mean, I love it. I I love that she knows me. She comes to me. She wants me, but I do want her to have like a comfort zone in you too. And yeah. she's actually not 
she's not as clingy to me as like I've heard some babies can get. Like, yeah, there's okay. So a long time ago, this is actually kind of a funny story, but my dad isn't like the best with babies. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Kurt, if you're listening, don't take that personally. <laughs> I immediately thought of that as a crap <laughs> but um i mean he's like he'll hold her and whatever but he just like i don't know how to that's about it he just holds her and yeah. then then the baby is like all right what you got what you got in your arsenal yeah and then he's just like nothing <laughs> and then well, you know we your dad's humor is like really charming and like uh spontaneous like in the moment like in a in a group of people yeah and he gets a lot of laughs mm -hmm. but it's like when he holds the baby it's <laughs> it's like he applies that same thing and the baby's like i just need a woman's touch right now <laughs> like, i feel like i'm not i'm not up to par with this it. humor yet so. yeah so okay the one time though that a baby loved him like loved my dad was Wasn't it your cousin's baby nope it was some other baby. Her name was Kylie. And I don't even remember, like, whose baby it was. But I was in middle school, I think. Mm -hmm. And Ivan was watching her one night. That's my ex-stepmom. But, like, we still are very close. And I still consider her, like, a mother figure in my life. But my dad and her were married at the time. Mm -hmm. So she was watching this little baby. I mean, she was, like, a baby. Like, mm -hmm five six months maybe like around cadence's age right now yeah so she knew who her parents were kind of mm -hmm. apparently my dad really looked like kylie's dad oh wow so she was screaming her head off the whole time but every time my dad held her she was completely calm and like loved it nice and then but my dad didn't want to hold her we we're like <laughs> Can you please hold her? I mean, she's screaming her head off yeah. if you don't. And he would just be, he didn't want to. He just wanted to watch TV. And he was just like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And we were like, like, I remember the Evan being like, please hold her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Evan was like, please hold her, Kurt. And he was like, no. And, but she was so content in his arms. Yeah. Just totally thought that he was her dad. But he just didn't want to hold her. So we just had to. That's funny. She just cried, and we were like, oh, my gosh. But Well, Cadence will get, get used to Kurt's chill vibes yeah. as she gets older. Yeah. But What were we talking about, though? Man, we trailed off. We really did. But we were talking about... That was my fault. ...the importance of being a good mother, good father, good husband, good wife. And mm -hmm. it was like, like that over everything, yeah. essentially. But, I will say... Oh, sorry. Oh, you're going to make me yawn. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. If you're listening, stay strong. If you're driving and you just heard me yawn, <sighs> stay strong. Okay, Drew. <laughs> that was exaggerated. <laughs> um, I don't know how much time we have left because it didn't seem like she wanted to nap very long mm. for that last nap. So, if you have another... Well, you were about to say something. Didn't you just say you were about to say something? You're like, oh, to add to that... Or no? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's what I wanted to talk about today. I oh, thought that, that was it? Yeah. I thought yeah. you're. I thought that was like point one. Well, it it might have been, but it was just like you know, I had a couple of other things I wanted to. I thought I might talk about, but I could save them for a later episode. 
Okay. But yeah, I I just I don't know. Um, it Let seems. Me... Im- Go ahead. It seems important to me, like now more than ever, to establish that in the tone of our household, and like, yeah. you know, we just went over our resources and stuff and i feel like even collecting resources on how to better ourselves at doing that is important as well um i know that us like always making our marriage number one is like one of the best things that we can do but on top of that you know it was us before yeah three but it was um you know there's being physically present and then there's actually being present. And I think that a lot of people know what I mean when I say that. Yeah. And I don't want to just be physically present. I want to be present. I want to be an active figure in your life and in our daughter's life and, you know, God willing, future children. But that that requires more than just showing up. And yeah, I don't know. I be, like I would call to action our culture um, remembering that. And making that a cornerstone of our lives, how we, how we carry ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't mind at all when I'm hanging out with a buddy and if they have a wife or child and they have to stiff arm me, like to go make sure that their family's okay. I'm like, do it. You're fine. Do it. Like my buddy, uh, John Thompson, he, they just had their second child, little boy. Um, if John can't hang out. I'm not the least bit offended if John makes a commitment to something and has to drop out last minute because something yeah. needs his attention. Fine. Cool. Yeah. I literally, it, me and all my mom friends, we totally get that, which I'm so thankful for. You won't inconvenience me the least bit when I know that you're honoring your family. Yeah. So, and, at ev- and it's important to like give grace at every stage because I feel like it might be a tendency to not like when you have, babies to be like oh it's not as important that we shift or it might not be as important that you honor their schedule because it doesn't really seem like they have a schedule right now but they have more of a schedule when they're babies than when they're older Mm -hmm. so like if you just you made plans you really tried to get there and your baby is just like nope i need to nap at home right now yeah. And that wasn't originally the plan. Like I hate doing that, but like I need to honor Cadence and mm-hmm. her her little schedule and her little body cuz she's tired and like yeah. I don't think that's loving of me to just like throw her in her car seat and be like, "Well, you're on my time right now." Like it's really not like I love my friends and they are important to me too, but like family first, bro. Yeah. Okay, that was, you can edit that out. (laughs) But I just. If you watch on the YouTube channel, that was was great. (laughs) So I just wanted to leave the two, uh, like, resources that we just mentioned. Just wanted to reiterate. So Alyssa Joy Bethke is her Instagram handle. It's A-L-Y-S-S-A Joy. And then Bethke is Mm B-E-T-H-K-E. So. She has, like, obviously her husband's Instagram tagged with hers and lots of other stuff in her bio. 
And you can also buy her book, satisfiedbook.com. Mm. That link is in her bio. And then she has all the women that have been on her podcast for the Satisfied series on her Instagram. Mm. So you can also find Emily McCormick through that page and lots of other women that have that she's interviewed. But just one more time, Emily McCormick is E-M-I-L-I-E mm. and then McCormick. So M-2-C-S-O-R-M-A-C-K. Um, since I just thought of this, I was thinking of a resource just now for guys, uh, John Eldridge, fantastic author, Bro. read any of his books. Drew, it's crazy that you just answered or that you just said that because I was just re rereading captivating today. That's written by his wife. Yep. Yep. That's like, what's her first name? By Stacy. Stacy. That's right. Stacy Eldridge. John and Stacy Eldridge have a pretty strong command over the um the building of a family i so, would say i'm really glad that you just mentioned that because that's also a resource that i was like oh i should yeah. like say that at the end mm -hmm. stacy eldridge wrote captivating which is a book about womanhood and mm -hmm. like what it means to be a woman yeah and if you have daughters you need to read it or if you want to have kids and you don't know what you are going to have yet you just need to read it and yeah. you need to know because even if you don't have a daughter, like if you have boys, you need to read this book because being a mother, you, you can easily like just slip into the background and just say like you can hide behind service and demands and routines and just like this is what I do every day. I just do laundry. I just serve at my church and I just do this. And there's like no adventure in your yeah. life. And there's like you don't feel like you have a high calling because your life as a woman is just to like make food and clean everything. Yeah. They, Stacy Eldridge goes into like the beauty of womanhood and what it means to be a woman. And it's awesome. And I haven't read that actually, but I'll have to check it out. You read the boy version, right? Wild at heart. I read wild at heart, which just, I read that actually. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to read it to understand my future husband more that's before i met you i wanted to read it so that i could figure out how to talk to girls and don't do that if you read this book to figure out how to get a girl why because <laughs> it's you don't read it and you're and then you're like you're the beauty to be fought for like you're the battle to be won like <laughs> that comes off way too zealous it is so much more for your own reflection and like self-development and when you focus on that like when you read that book and you focus on that in yourself you'll just you'll it's there exude it's in there you'll exude the attraction I that gotcha. that the girl is looking for but you you, you don't, know why you don't go I feel like I can listen tell you why. i am a wild man <laughs> and uh, i'm gonna take you on an adventure and you're what do you a say? battle to be won you're the beauty <laughs> to be fought for so um, I feel I'd like you exude all that because you internalize it and believe it. Yes. And I feel like you exude what you believe. But I never had to tell you I read that book. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I just started believing that about ooh, what myself. What did I read? What did I read? What did I read? That one of the books that I was like, this is who Drew is. This is like what he does. And that's why I'm one of the big reasons that I was attracted to you. Was I reading Wild at Heart? Hmm. That... I was like, wow, Drew, like, he lives his life this way. Mm. 
because Wild at Heart talks about, um, like, it's really easy for men to not take that leap into something that's, like, really dangerous and risky because they want to, they, like, are afraid of rejection and they want to stay safe and they don't think that they have what it takes and they're afraid of failure. Hmm. And so they just stay doing their, like, whatever, like, nine to five or whatever else that they're in because they're, like... I don't, I don't believe in myself and I don't know if other people believe in me. Mm. I feel like you're thinking like you're in your little, you're in dreamland right now thinking about all this. I'm thinking about it as you're saying it, but yeah, (laughs) I know. So, um, but you honestly don't do that. Like you really take risks, like almost so much to the point I'm like, stop yeah (laughs) please stop because i mean i bought a a bunch of microphones and a camera to display my intellectuality and to leave it up there for rejection or acceptance (laughs) so seriously though like you started this podcast because like you just you're an adventurer and like you just quit your job and went to sicily for three months i was like wow He's so brave. And like. And then I had to move back in with my parents. Because <laughs> <laughs> I lost all my money. <laughs> but that's so cool, though, because you went for it and like you risked it all. And then you like did the same thing for your coffee shop. So even thing, even though not everything has like stayed afloat, you mm-hmm. still have that spark in you. That's like, I can do this. Yeah. And I can start all these things. And I believe in myself. And like. I appreciate that. Yeah. But like. I think there was also, um, what's that book that's by Sky, is it Sky Jathani? I have no idea. It's called, uh. I've never heard that name. Is it called, um, I know it, I know it. Stall them, stall them, babe. Uh. Tell a joke. Drum roll. Um. Oh my gosh, why is it when I have to think of a joke, I can't think of one. Here it is. I found it. It's all dirty jokes. Um, okay, so he wrote with. and Oh, you gave me that book. <laughs> Did you read it? No. Listen, listen, people. I read listen, the people. first two chapters. No, listen, people. I've never seen Drew pick anything up and read anything you should see the audio the entire time i've known him those don't count they absolutely i don't think they count we're doing an instagram poll that's not with the times yeah we'll do an instagram poll right after this we will we will yeah for those of you listening to this episode feel free to reach out to laura and just pass on whatever wisdom might look up the definition of reading right now to prove you wrong no matter what i'm absorbing that information you are and I agree with that, so but that I don't counts. think that's reading. What is reading? <laughs> Let's look up the definition. But anyway, Sky, it, that's Jath- like running... Sky Jathani, I don't know if I'm saying this right. He wrote the book With, and it's like the four postures that people can take with God that organized religion has kind of like inadvertently yeah. done. And what accident. is the other four things? It's either from... Oh, yeah, you... Oh, um, you remember. Because well, I did read some of it. I almost read all of it, just didn't. You just wanted to keep your record strong of never really finishing a book? Correct. <laughs> I finished The Great Gatsby and The Hobbit, and that was it. Why isn't it letting me click? 
By the way, that whole comment there about not reading yet absorbing the information, that's oh, like got... somebody that runs on a treadmill and telling them they don't actually run it because it's not outdoors. That's At this point, I don't think anyone's listening to you. I think they're only wanting me to tell them that the book with <laughs> is instead of life over, under, from, or for God, you leave you lead a life with God. So the four postures you can take are over, under, from, and for. And those four are very unhealthy postures to take with God. Um, and life with God is completely different. And it's just really good. It's just a really good book. And we should do an episode for, about that for listening to me because I know you really value at least one voice on this podcast. Mm hmm. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll do. Okay. We should actually. Uh, and we to actually end should the podcast, a, here's the definition of reading. Oh my gosh. Definition of reading. Reading. <laughs> this is what Google says reading sounds like. Reading. Oh gosh, yeah. that was loud. I'm really sorry. Yikes. Reading. Okay, it's like not. It's not going to read the definition. Reading. Noun. The action or skill of reading written or printed matter silently or out loud. Or via allowed. audiobook. The reading of a will. Via, via audiobook. An occasion at which poetry or other pieces of literature are read aloud to an audience. Here's so when you listen to an audiobook, someone is reading for you. That's correct. Bam! You ain't reading. That's fine by me. I will have <laughs> sweet, uh, oh, what's her name, who played um, Mary Poppins, Julie Andrews. I would listen to every audiobook she ever read for the rest of my life. That's kind of rude. Why wouldn't you want me to why wouldn't you want me to do that? Well, one of you was um, beloved by the entire world for <laughs> Thank you. the sound of music, and the other one oh um, eats all my food. <gasps> Interesting, because I make the food, so it's technically my food, right? And you <laughs> eat all my. You guys food. can imagine what we get in fights over. So. <laughs> Well, either way, we'll cap it off here, but I like that. Family over everything. That's a pretty easy idea to get behind. I think Jesus over everything and yes. family second. God, family. Career. No. Yeah. God, family, community, dog. country. God, family, dog, coffee. Coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's we've, time we've we get weirded off here. you guys out All enough. Right. So thanks for listening, guys. We love you guys. Bye bye.